We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on tonight. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, Hope everybody's enjoying uh, some nice spring weather like I have here where I'm at. Uh, uh, I have the privilege tonight to have on another UConn Husky football player. I'm joined tonight by defensive lineman Jelani Stafford. Uh, Jelani, thanks for joining me. Thank you, man. It's a pleasure to be here and talk ball with Mike and tonight. Appreciate it. I, I know that you're that you're in Pennsylvania right now. You're in uh, your hometown of Brownsville, Pennsylvania. Um, what? So we were talking a little bit before we got on. Where where is Brownsville compared to the rest of the state? So, <clears throat> Brownsville is about 45 minutes drive south of Pittsburgh. Now, um, in relation you know, to Philadelphia, Philadelphia is on the eastern side, on the other side of Pennsylvania. So, it's probably about a three-and-a-half to four-hour drive to the other side. But Pittsburgh is, like, right up, right up the highway, and you're, and you're in the city 45 minutes. Gotcha. So, how far is it a trip from Yukon to where you're at? Uh, I, I mean, it honestly depends what time you leave. So I drive. I drive my car um, back and forth whenever I have the time to be home and whatnot. So if you leave early enough, you could make the trip in about seven hours. If you leave and run into, you know, rush hour traffic through Hartford, you know, on the way there or back or so, uh, it could be like nine hours. It just depends on what time of day you leave. Gotcha, gotcha. So... First off, I'd like to just like to talk about your high school playing days. Uh, I know you played a lot of running back, so how how is how does that help you today as a defensive lineman? Um, so I went to a small school. I went to California High School, single A. Um, there aren't many big big guys, you know, in single A football. That's like the lowest classification in Pennsylvania. But um, I mean, I was able to run the ball, you know, and help my team out. And it's kind of funny how a lot of the things I did in the past as a running back in high school translate to how I can play defensive line now in terms of, you know, foot quickness, foot speed, um, you know, like moving your hips through gaps and stuff like that. I think a lot of those things helped me, um, you know, translate my game into playing defensive line. Absolutely. I know you're, you're a big guy, so how big were you when you played running back? <laughs> Um, so every year, so I played, I, I, I played running back every year of high school and I didn't play defensive line until I got to college. Wow. So I was, I was probably two twenty five as a freshman. Like every year I gained 25 pounds. So freshman year I was 225, sophomore year 250, junior year 275. And then in my senior season, I knew I was going to play, you know, defensive line. Um, at the next level, so I was like, you know, I'm going to gain a little bit more weight, and then you know, I'm still going to run the ball. And um, it just, I mean, it worked out for the most part. I didn't, I didn't have the greatest senior year, 
in terms of stats. But, um, I mean, it was worth it. You know, it helped me to get to where I am now. So, Absolutely. How do, how do you tackle a 280-pound running back? <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly, I couldn't even tell you. I mean, we played, uh, we played Army this year. You know, they, they actually ran the same offense, you know, the triple option. Uh-huh. Yep. That's like that's like the great equalizer in, in football. Um, it kind of brings every ba- everybody back to the same uh, – everybody back to the same page. you got to play it through. So, um, you know, in that offense in high school, it was really hard to, um, you know, make plays defensively. And we kind of put some guys – we played in a, in a bond schematically, at least from my perspective, you know. Right, right. What, what's it like but playing – oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say it wasn't it wasn't fun being on the receiving end against you know Army and those guys. I definitely got to take some own medicine. Then, you <laughs> I'm, <know>. sure, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> What's it like playing high school football in in Pennsylvania? I mean, it's such a great state for high school football. Definitely, definitely one of the greatest states for high school football. You know, some of my teammates will probably hear this later would disagree. You know, I got friends from all over the place, and they think you know their state plays the best football. But I mean, honestly, in Pennsylvania, we play. In the best region, you know, southwestern PA. I mean, there's Philadelphia on the other side. Predominantly, like, southwestern Pennsylvania, that western side of Pennsylvania, that's, like, where the best football is played in the state, especially the Whippeal. You know, if you if you do a rundown of guys from the Whippeal, you'll see my, my personal favorite, my idol, Aaron Donald. He's from, you know, out this way. Um, you got guys like Miles Sanders. You know, he plays for the Panthers now, I think. Um, Damar Hamlin, he's from out this way. He plays for the Bills. Um, Tyler Boyd, you know, just to name a few, you know, these are guys from, you know, my neck of the woods and my area, um, you know, who made a way for themselves. So that's, that's, that's my skill in Southwestern PA and, and football. That, that's quite high a list of players. <laughs> yeah. So coming out of high school, you, you attended Youngstown State, uh, who, who I'm kind of familiar with in the Missouri Valley Football Conference living, in, I live, uh, about a half hour from Illinois State University. So, uh, okay. What what led to your decision to go to Youngstown? Um, ultimately, um, I really liked Coach Bo Pelini that was there at the time. Um, you know, he after my fall season uh, around COVID time, he ended up accepting a job offer to play. I mean, to be the defensive coordinator at LSU. So you know, he he had to do what he had to do. Um, my defensive line coach at the time, Donald De- uh, Delisio, really great guy. Um, he's the, D- the DB's coach for the Chiefs now. Um, he was my defensive line coach at Youngstown. And those guys kind of like made it easy for me to, to, to see like that was the place I wanted to go. Like I had a lot of FCS offers, but um, I wanted to play in the best FCS conference, and that is the Missouri Valley. Absolutely. And, um, you know, so I figured, you know, that would that would put me in a in a good place to elevate my game and you know develop as a player against some you know big time players. You know, NDSU they always have great offensive linemen, and you know uh, University of Northern Iowa they have great offensive linemen. So I wanted to play against some of the best in the country, and I felt like at the time that was probably the best decision for me and my family. You know, and Youngstown can't be too far from where you're from either, right? If not, which that that also played a role. I mean, I'm only maybe an hour 45, two hours also, depending on what time you leave um, from Youngstown. So it was it was nice being close to home. But um, later on down the road, I just kind of felt like um, being so close to home really wasn't such a great thing. But 
I mean, it was, it was, I still enjoyed my time there at Youngstown. I still love all my Youngstown brothers. I still talk to them, communicate with them, you know, things like that. So. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> what led to you uh, deciding to come to UConn? So, it's actually funny. I didn't, I almost didn't come to UConn. Um, you know, I was in talks with a lot of schools. Uh, and I was honestly surprised, you know, um, when I hit the portal, I don't, I don't mean to get emotional for a second, but um, my dad had passed away last April. And after that, I decided, you know, he always told me, like, if you want to transfer somewhere, you know, transfer somewhere, like, better. And not saying better, like, these all these other institutions or programs are better than Youngstown State, you know, by, by no means, no detriment to them. But, like, he just told me, like, don't go down, don't go down a division, you know, if you're going to go anywhere, go up. And um, after he passed, I really sat down and thought about it. And, you know, I thought, you know, he's, he's probably right. Like, I think I have the capabilities to play somewhere else and play a major role, you know, in that program where I'd end up at. And um, I heard from, like, Western Kentucky, Wake Forest, um, Texas State. There were, like, a lot of programs. You know, the transfer portal so so clouded. You know, those coaches at other schools are – working really hard to find guys. So I had a lot of opportunities, but um, I actually almost ended up going to Western Kentucky um, over UConn. And UConn didn't come until late. You know, um, my defensive line coach that was at Youngstown State, Kenny McClendon, he's our defensive line coach at UConn. And he got the job, you know, after our fall season of 21, I want to say. And, um, you know, he, he's a great guy. You know, he always called me, checked in with me, you know. Um, we kept a close connection, but, like, you know, nothing major. And then um, later on in the portal, you know, he circled back to me and was like, hey, man, you know, Coach Moore really likes your tape. I like your tape. You know, I've coached you. I know how you play. Um, you know, why don't we why don't we offer you a scholarship here? And I was honestly, like, so surprised because I didn't, I didn't know what I was – capable of before entering the portal and uh, they came along after Western Kentucky and I was like why would I turn this opportunity down to be with someone who already coached me you know knows knows how to get the best out of me how to develop me and um and then I met Coach Mora and I was like I kind of like fanboyed for a little bit because you know Coach (laughs) Mora has some has some tenure you know he's done a lot of great things in his past and um I met him and I was like man it's a done deal like I'm I'm coming to stores you know there's no there was no better decision for me at the time. And it's kind of funny. I want to share this too. I'm sorry if I'm rambling a little bit. Um, I actually took a visit to UConn out of high school in like 20, I want to say 17, 2018 to do like a camp. And um, Coach Joffrey at the time, he was the O-line coach, I think, at UConn at the time. He recruited me. He brought me up. And he was like, you know, you're doing really well. You know, we want to see you do some one-on-ones. I did some one-on-ones. I performed well for the first half of one-on-ones, and I got moved up to the other group, you know, where they, um, you know, they put the best of the best guys against each other. And I ended up pulling my groin, or I did something to my groin, and I wasn't able to participate anymore. And, um, like, looking back on it, had I been able to perform, maybe I could have picked up the UConn offer then and been here all along, you know. But, um, you Interesting. Know, life always... Life always comes full circle, man. That's how that's how I feel spiritually, mentally. You know, life always comes full circle. If you're supposed to be somewhere, it'll always, you know, come to fruition. You know, in in, in due time. So, absolutely, God always puts you right where He wants you. Right. 
Well, I, I I have to ask, what what was your relation? What's your relationship like with Coach Moore and Coach McClendon? It sounds like it's amazing. It's definitely amazing. I mean, from a um, from a coach perspective, like as Coach McClendon, he's my coach first. You know, I give him the utmost respect. You know, as a coach, as a man, and um, besides that, like I can I can talk to Coach Mack about any. I call him Coach Mack, by the way. I talk to Coach Mack about anything, whether it's you know. Um, something with school or, um, you know, my personal life, you know, I could discuss those type of things with them. And I think that's ultimately what made us so close because this was a relationship built from three years or two years at uh, Youngstown together. So, you know, I got to learn a lot about him, his family, his life, you know, um, it's, it's more than ball with, with, with guys like Coach McClendon, you know what I mean? Especially mm-hmm. when I try to tell guys who we recruit, like, you know, it's, it's, it's more than ball with, with Coach Mack. Like, he's always going to give you the real He's going to be around in your life, you know, to, to help guide you, you know, almost like a father figure. He's a little, he's not old, you know, he's, he's a younger guy. So he's almost like a bigger brother to me, you know, slash father figure, however you want to put it, you know, because these guys take care of us while we're at school. These are the guys, you know, who look after us and, um, you know, so that's how you know, I feel about Coach Mack. And then Coach Moore, also another phenomenal human being. Like, I couldn't ask for a better head coach at Denver. I never knew that, you know, people, head coaches like him existed. You know, he'll, he'll rip you when he has to. You know, that's a head coach. He has to he has to make sure he does his part, you know, to get the best out of us. But, I mean, like, personally, he's a, a phenomenal human. You know, he, he looks after his guys. He, um, he checks in with us all the time. He asks us about our needs and, you know, what works best for us. And um, I think it makes us all like a cohesive unit. Or more than a cohesive unit, like a family, you know, like a real life brotherhood. Absolutely. Yeah. How, can you I love asking all the players this, but can you describe the brotherhood? Like you guys are so close. It's amazing. And, and like, you're, you're really right. Like we really are so close and like no detriment to, you know, my guys in Youngstown, but like the relationships here feel so much different. Excuse me for a second. Like, the relationships here feel so much different. Everyone's so close and connected, and, you know, we share everything with each other. We spend a lot of time together. Like, I spend a lot of time with my teammates outside of the facility. You know, we have classes together. We meet up at the union. You know, we hang out. We have fun on the weekends together and stuff like that. So we're always around each other, you know. Um, And as far as the brotherhood, I mean, the best way I can put it, in my own words at the moment, is like like a very competitive but loving environment like you know um how do i put this like you know there's ways to motivate each other or motivate human beings in general like if we're in the weight room and let's say you see someone's uh not performing at the level that you know they can you know in some programs you know it's a little toxic and it could be like a like a rip at somebody you could say something you know disrespectful hurtful or what have you, but um, here it's kind of like, it's kind of like motivational in a sense. Like, it's not like, you know, you're not going to get cursed out by your teammates. You're going to get led in the right direction positively. It's, it's more positive language and energy than than anything. You know, that's the, that's the brotherhood um, piece of it. And that's the part I appreciate the most, you know, like everything's positive energy, you know, positive aura. Everybody has that. Everybody shows up ready to work, to motivate each other push each other um and to me that's that's really the brotherhood 
Absolutely. And I think this question goes really well along with that. Like the UConn roster has such an interesting dynamic. The offense, defense, and special teams are all locked in together. And I think that has a lot to do with the brotherhood. But I see so many teams where it seems like each unit is so separate. Why do you think that's the case at UConn? I will say shout out to Coach Shear. He is the best special teams coordinator in the country. I mean, um, he works so hard on special teams. You know, he puts a lot of time in to make sure everything is in place and perfect for us, you know, as players. Um, and everybody kind of participates in the special teams drills, per se. Like, when we had spring ball just recently, you know, this is my first spring ball at UConn because I just got here um, last summer. And uh, everybody participates in the drills, the crossover drills, the uh, field goal punt, you know all facets of special teams, everybody has a hand in there somehow. And I think that's what makes, you know, our whole team, offense, defense, special teams, like one big cohesive unit because, you know, no matter if you're on offense or defense, you know, you're, you're going to be somewhere in special teams. That's interesting to hear because you, you don't hear about that anywhere else. Yeah. Honestly. And Coach Shear, I mean, like, I got to give him his flowers one more time, man. Shout out to Coach Shear. Like, he's – a great guy, another another phenomenal human here in stores. Um, you know, he really, like I said, he puts a lot of time in and puts everybody in the in the best position to be successful. You know, on, on, on the special teams unit. Absolutely, kind of circling back to what you mentioned about coming to a camp at UConn. What? Like back then when you were in high school, comparing it to now, like what are some of the big differences that that you see? From from everything to facilities to potentially coaching or whatnot, whatever it may be, what what are some of the differences you see from then to now? Um, I, from it was a long time ago, so I couldn't really say too much about the coaching. Excuse me. I want to say Coach Edsel was the coach at the time, but I didn't have the opportunity to speak with him at the time. I only talked to Coach uh, Joffrey. But um, as far as the facilities, like this place looks completely different like you know it was it was kind of plain kind of bland um when i came then but i mean you know small town kid like me i see a facility like that anywhere i'm i'm, I'm like whoa like this is amazing but you know what i know now and seeing how it is now it's like completely different like it's really bright there's a lot of graphics you know the red blue and white yukon colors all throughout uh spread painted all over the walls there's a uh, there's sayings on the walls, you know, our, our core values, our principles are plastered everywhere throughout the facility. So, you know, they keep those things fresh in your mind. And I think that really helps, you know, mentally as a player, you know, when you walk, when you wake up and you walk into the facility, you see that big UConn football sign, you know, inside the facility in Burton. And then you walk down and you see the Jasper Howard Memorial and you see Jasper Howard saying on the wall. And then you have all the history of all the Huskies in the NFL and, I think that was there then, but it's more, you know, there's more guys now from, um, from 2017 to now. And, um, so just a lot, a lot more to see. That's like, kind of like eye candy, but it's mentally, you know, to lock into what you got going on that day. And, um, I think all those graphics and all the murals and all the sayings on the wall is kind of like really, really beneficial for the program and everybody within the program from, from players to coaches to, to our uh, nutrition staff, you know, the everybody who, who makes food for us, you know. Um, I think that's just really helpful because we're all here for the same thing. We're all, we're all here to win, you know. I, lo I love to hear that. 
I think this is another interesting dynamic for you guys. What's it like playing for a defense that doesn't officially have a defensive coordinator? Uh, so this is this is actually not probably going to be my favorite topic to talk about. I think it's cool that we don't have an official defensive coordinator because realistically, being a player looking at it from the inside, like it's kind of like we all have a hand in what we do defensively and, and schematically. Like, you know, uh, Coach Mora, you know, he makes the decisions per se, but, you know, that comes from – that's a result of – you know, Coach Hill and Coach Diabaxi and Coach Clinton, you know, and, you know, Coach Moore together all collectively making decisions to benefit the defense as a whole. And then what I also like about the whole defensive coordinator thing is that Coach Moore and the, and the defensive staff kind of lean on us to give them feedback about what we're doing and things like that. And um, the biggest thing that we're, that we're starting to figure out now is, you know, we had one season together last year. We learned what we were really good at. But we learned what we could, you know, get some help on. And um, that was really the big focus for this spring. Even though we didn't have a defensive coordinator, we're going to have certain calls that are like candy for us. You know, it's like freebies. Like, you know, those those calls are going to get ran a lot and they're going to be ran, you know, efficient. You know, so that's really interesting to me. I mean, realistically, at the end of the day, you, you probably have the best defensive coordinator and coach Moore anyways. Absolutely. <laughs> but I, I, I think that's cool to hear you say that like everybody kind of takes ownership in that because you all have a hand in it. I think that that, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Like from a from a player's perspective, does that does that make things maybe click a little bit easier or make you work make you work even harder because now you know that you have that you're really playing an integral role in that. Yeah, absolutely. It helps you, you know, kind of feel like, you know, you, you got to stay in your place as a player. Obviously, you know, these right. our coaches make a lot of money making decisions to put us in the best position. But, um, you know, um, what was I going to say? It just it just makes you feel more um, seen in the program per se. You mm-hmm. know, especially if you're a guy who's on the field. You know, um, some of our coaches, depending on the the situation, you know, the coaching. It's kind of, how do I put this? I don't want to say lax because, you know, it's never lax. But um, you have, we have some freedoms, you know, that help us, you know, that give us an advantage to make some plays defensively. And, like, Coach Mora, I I just, like, I was so shocked when I came is, like, how brilliant he is schematically and how smart he is, you know, with the calls that he comes up with. And, you know, they all come up with, like, I was actually, like, wow, like, this is amazing. So, I never go into a game feeling like I'm not prepared or that the calls aren't, um, you know, the right calls in the moment. Like, you know, as long as we're all on the same page, you know, um, one team, one sound, like we're gonna we're gonna get it all we're gonna get it all done together. So, absolutely. Uh, what are what are some of your personal goals and even maybe some of the team goals heading into this season? Um. Well, first let's start with the team goals. Um. You know, we got a lot of praise last year for going six and six in the regular season and then ultimately making a bowl game. Now, we did lose. Let's not forget that. We did lose the bowl game. And um, we got a lot of kudos and high fives and great jobs, you know, and stuff like that. But, like, six and six isn't the standard. You know, that that should 
six like winning six games should be automatic. Like we want we want more than that, you know. And you could tell that's that type of attitude has changed from past years. And I can't speak on past years because I wasn't here. So you know, shout out to everybody who was here in the past. But like this is a new regime. This is a new team, a new unit, and um, you know, six and six just isn't good enough for us. We're obviously shooting for more, you know. We don't go into a game thinking we're not going to win. You know, we got Tennessee in this year. We got you know, some big games, and especially NC State. Let's not skip over them. That's the first game of the season. But, um, you know, we're going to go into every game thinking, like, this is it. You know, one game at a time. You know, let's win this one, and then we'll go back to the drawing board, see what we can get done. Uh, we'll get corrected, and then go into the next week with the same attitude, you know. What, and, um, what about personally? Personally, um, I've been in college for a long time, it feels like. I'm going into my fifth year, and um, I feel like when I was at Youngstown, I kind of, I don't want to say I was lazy. Like, I definitely worked hard uh, to be where I'm at now, but it was kind of really lax. You know, I, I didn't really give it everything that I have. And, um, you know, after my dad passed, it kind of opened my eyes, like, you know, this isn't forever. You know, as fast as you got this opportunity, it can be taken away from you. You know, life's so short. So I made it my decision, like, I'm going to go all out this year. You know, hopefully look for an opportunity at the next level professionally. And um, I'm going to live by that. You know, I'm going to stand by that. I'm not going to backtrack on what I say. Like, that's that's honestly what I'm, what I'm working towards. So that's a personal goal. And just uh, statistically... I want to be more dominant, you know, and um, make plays for the defense, you know, probably aim for like 60 tackles, 10 TFLs, five sacks. Like, you know, that's a, that's a great year for an interior defensive lineman. And I figured, you know, if I could, if I could land somewhere around there, well, I am going to land somewhere around there. But, you know, if I do land somewhere around there, um, I have a good shot at, at playing professionally, you know, and that's everybody's goal. That's everybody's dream, but you know, it's not for everybody. So that's, that's my personal goal. Absolutely. Uh, what what have you worked on during the off season? Uh, a lot of my work this off season uh, has been like getting more explosive. Um, I have like an obvious leverage advantage. I'm only six foot playing defensive tackle, so I have a leverage advantage. But I need to get more explosive and get more pop. You know, on these these bigger, uh, sometimes stronger offensive linemen that we play against, especially when we got, you know, uh, power five teams we're going to play this year. You know, these guys are big and strong, but, you know, I'm just as strong. You know, I just don't have the, the measurables in terms of height, but um, I've worked on being more explosive, you know, power cleaning a lot of weight. Uh, and we use the Tendo machine, so I do, we do a lot of velocity and speed, um, lifting, you know, heavy weight as fast as you can, move it as fast as you can. And, um, other things, just like flexibility, you know, trying to get my hips more flexible, get my hips stronger, so, you know, I could get myself out of situations. Um, you know, it gets tight down there in the trenches, so I want to be able to move uh, more fluid so that I can get out of the stack and, you know, make plays downfield, you know, if I can, so. I'll take your word for it, because I've never played in the t- trenches like that. I'm not a big guy like you. <laughs> <laughs> but... What what can we expect from you out of the out of the, the your defensive tackle spot? Um, I want to be a menace on the defensive line for our for our Huskies. You know, um, 
you know, like I said, being a little shorter, I kind of play with a chip on my shoulder. I play very violent, very physical. Um, and I plan to display that this upcoming season. And also, um, you know, run to the football. You know, you can't play defense without running to the football. And that's another thing I've kind of been working on. Um, getting the getting the long bursts, you know, training long bursts, uh, longer distances to try and run the ball down. So um, that's, that's what you could expect out of me. What? Since defensive linemen don't get too many sacks, what's it what's it like when you do get that opportunity and you get a sack? What's that feeling? Oh, I'm gonna do it's amazing. I'm gonna do my happy dance, you know, like <laughs> um, especially me. Like I said, like I'm a little guy, so I, you know, if I'm going against somebody who's six seven, three ten, three fifteen, you know, I can't really see up, up over them, but you know, I got to work my moves to get around them. So you know, for me personally, when I get a sack, it feels extra special. You know, like I'm not even supposed to, you know, sometimes they can argue I'm not even supposed to be here, you know, but, you know, when I make plays like that, it makes me feel really good. You know. Absolutely. <clears throat> For this question, I mean, I obviously don't want you to go schematically into things, but how is the defense going to look different from last season? Uh, I kind of hit on that a little earlier, how we talked about how we found things that work best for us and that we all as a unit, you know, run together. So um, I guess you can expect to see, you know, the calls that we do make, they're going to be ran with much more efficiency, you know, a lot faster and, you know, everybody playing like together and um, being on the same page per se. And then, you know, some of the things that we weren't so great at, we also took the time to try and better ourselves in those areas. But really the things that we're really good at, we're going to master those things above all. Absolutely, and there were there were plenty of things that the defense was very productive with last year. So I'm excited to see that. Oh yeah, we're and we're coming this year. We're hunting. I love we're that. I love hunting. that. <laughs> uh, what does a day look like for you in the off season and in in season? Uh, what would you like me to start with, in season or off season? I guess we're in the off season, so let's start there. Okay, so I'm home in Brownsville, Pennsylvania. Um, it's a little river, river town. Um, you know, I'll probably wake up around eight, nine-ish, you know, get, get some sleep because I'm home for a couple weeks. So I could, I can afford to sleep in, but not too much. So I get up, um, I'll do some hip mobility, you know, stuff like that, do some stretching. Um, like in the, I have a hot tub, so I'll get in the hot tub and do some stretching some days and do the hip stuff in there. And then, um, I get ready, you know, take my vitamins, eat breakfast, go to the gym. And I have a buddy from back home. He's a younger guy. He plays uh, football at Lockhaven. And uh, me and him will go to a local gym, West Roundsville Athletic Club. Shout out to them. Um, I'll go out there and um, I'll do like our program that you know, Coach King put together for us. Um, he's our strength coach, by the way. Um, I do our, our little lifting program. And then right after I'm done with that, I'll go immediately to the football field. I'll go to my high school field, high school, uh, California area high school field. Children's Stadium, and I'll do some um, some field work, you know, just some D-line drills, um, kind of do a little bit of conditioning, a little bit of running, just to, you know, keep my blood flowing, keep my blood pumping, you know, try to be prepared for, uh, for when we get back for our summer training circuit. And then usually after that, I'll make my way home, you know, I'll, I'll eat a big lunch because you know, at that point, I'll probably be gone for like five, six hours, you know, just working out. And um, I'll come home, I'll eat a big lunch, you know, take a shower. Well, before I take a shower, I'll probably stretch again, um, stretch, roll out. And then I take a shower, 
And then the rest of the day really just consists of, you know, what, what the vibe is. You know, I'll drive around and visit my friends and family and, you know, see the people that are close to me, you know, that love me. And I like to spend time with them while I'm home because, you know, I don't always have time to be home being being eight hours away. So, right. um, and that's that's really it. Like, I don't, I don't really do much. You know, I, I try to keep to myself while I'm home and and spend time with good people, good crowds, good energy, good auras, you know, things things of that nature. So that's really, it's really all for the off-season regimen while I'm home. So, and then, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, what about in-season? <laughs> um, so in-season, uh, it's very, very cluttered just because there's so much going on. You know, we got a whole season going on. Uh, we're in the middle of school. You know, uh, it's really probably the toughest time of the year besides like spring ball, but definitely during the season, you know, I just probably uh, wake up really early, go to facility because uh, our, our classes are usually later in the day, like after practice and everything like that. So I'll go to the facility, go to the training room, warm up, you know, stretch at the cold tub or hot tub, uh, depending on what's going on that day, uh, get my mind right, you know, prepared uh, for the day, whether that's weights or we're on the field practicing, um, get some breakfast in Burton at the facility. Uh, and after that, I'll get ready to go to class. And that'll be like right after practice, just because of the time frames, how they work out. Um, go to class for a couple hours. And usually we don't have anything, any classes scheduled at 4 and after that, like 4 p.m., because we'll come back in the evening for some more meetings and, you know, just final touches on things from practice, you know, corrections and things, trying to prepare for, you know, our opponent that week. And uh, that's really the same thing, you know, every day, all season. Uh, besides Sundays, you know, we have off. But even on, a, like, a Sunday, I'll come in, I'll do some recovery stuff, cold tub, hot tub, uh, the pools, um, probably do some do some hip, uh, some hip mobility stuff, you know, just to try, try to stay fluid because, you know, as the season winds down, your body gets pretty banged up. So try to stay as fresh and mobile as possible. You know, the best ability is, is availability, so. Right. <laughs> you talked about spring ball a little bit. What do you think were the biggest takeaways from spring ball this year for you and some of your teammates? Um, I want to say for me, I feel like I got really strong um, and explosive. Like, that was my initial goal in the first place. So I think, you know, I got pretty strong and explosive, but, you know, there's always room to improve. You know, you can't get complacent, so I'm going to continue to work those little things. Um, and then as far as the team, it's just, you know, putting the pieces together. You know, we had some great guys last year who left us, and, and Jake Wadone and um, Brandon Randall and Ian Swenson. Um, you know, those, those guys really played substantial pieces in our team and in our program, um, not even just as players, as, like, leaders, you know, so – um, you know, trying to find the next tier of guys um, to, to kind of take in their roles is probably the biggest takeaway to see who's going to be who and, uh, you know, help help lead this team to where we want to go. Absolutely. And, and ultimately, and, sorry, and ultimately, like, putting people in the right place, you know. That's the time of year. Spring's the, kind, the time of year when people, often you see people uh, have position changes and, and things of that nature. So that was really the biggest takeaway for them, putting people in the right place, you know, finding out who our, who our next tier of leaders are going to be, you know, to lead this program where we want to go. 
what what motivates you personally and then the team moving forward i mean i know you guys have a have a high standard and it going six and six and losing a bowl game definitely isn't good enough and 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 i I would agree with you uh as a former player and coach i i going 500 isn't what you want ever um so and then, like, looking at your first game this year against NC State, that was a game early in the year, a 41-10 to loss. So that, I'm sure that's motivating as well. Mm-hmm. Um, really what motivates us, I feel like, is, you know, we're all, we're all in little old Connecticut. You know, we don't want people to, to think they can come to Connecticut and, you know, do what they want and have their way with us. So, you know, we all play with a chip on our shoulder. You know, we try to um, stay connected with guys of the past, you know, alumni who were successful and um, try to adapt the same principles they kind of had, you know, back in the past when, when UConn was really successful. So, like I said, I think the biggest motivation for a team is is um, the biggest motivation for the team is having that chip on our shoulders that we can go to war with anybody, you know. And Coach Mora and, and the staff does a great job of, of speaking truth and uh, putting belief into our minds, you know, to have us believe that, you know, with, with all the work we're doing, great things are, 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 are in store for us, and they're definitely possible. It's just, you know, seeing is believing, so. Absolutely, and <clears throat> you guys open up on a Thursday night this year uh, against NC State. I might add that's my birthday, uh, but uh, how, is, how, how does that change as a player playing on a Thursday night compared to a Saturday? Well, it's kind of exciting because if I'm not mistaken, I, I believe that's the first college football game of the year. It is. Don't quote me. Well, yeah, okay. So, yeah, that's really exciting. You know, we get to display, you know, all the hard work we've put in this offseason and how we've changed as, changed as a team and as a program. And, you know, the, the culture still is, you know, culture's still changing, but it's still the same in, in regards to, you know, what Coach Moore and the staff has brought. But, I mean, it's exciting. You know, we get to put on the show for stores in the whole state of Connecticut and, um, yeah. Then the last question I got to ask you, I know a lot of fans kind of enjoy this one. Uh, but how many snaps will you be getting at running back this year? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, probably, probably not many. I mean, over the spring, over spring ball, we didn't, we didn't install anything like that, but I've, I've, I've had little talks with uh, coach Charlton and coach Mora, you know, even on the goal line, opportunity i mean hey like i'll i'll do it if, if opportunity comes but i don't know if they see that <laughs> as a realistic thing but i mean I, I would do it even if you know i'm not i'm not a selfish guy like i don't even i won't even take the ball like i'll go play fullback and you know lead victor rosa and Devontae right. houston and brian bruton Jalen mitchell you know i'll lead those guys into the end zone you know i'm i'm here to do my job so if the opportunity ever comes you know i'll do it i love it and i, and I know i know a lot of the fans would love to see it too <laughs> Right. Well, uh, Jelani, I got to thank you so much for joining me tonight. It's been a lot of fun. Wow, thank you, man. I appreciate the opportunity. You know, it's great to get on here and talk about ball. Great state of Connecticut and these these Connecticut Huskies, man. I know I can speak for all our fans that we're pulling for you guys, and we we know how hard you guys are working and to change everything, and you guys are doing a good job. Appreciate you. Always appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you to all the fans who tune in, listen to uh, my show. Uh, Again, thank you guys. Have a good night. God bless.